Welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, Second week of trying to make all this work with the online service. I hope that's been a blessing to you. We're learning in the process, and we appreciate all your feedback, especially those of you for whom this was a blessing. We're thrilled that this is something that's working out. We hope to expand that and continue that even after all of this coronavirus stuff is a long-lost memory to all of us. We've got lots of things going on in National Heights, maybe not at National Heights. There are all kinds of ways that you can connect with different groups in our church, that you can be parts of different Bible studies and prayer groups. They're meeting online. The simplest way to find out about them is go to our webpage, nationalheights.org, and you'll find a lot of different links there on the homepage to different places where you can be a part of our midweek Bible study, where you can be a part of our midweek prayer time, where you can be a part of one of our Sunday school groups or life groups or Lots of things happening. We want you to be a part of that. Be watching your emails and our Facebook account as well. Uh, We're constantly putting out the new announcements about how you can be a part of those things there. You can really help us if you know someone who does not have Internet access. If you can pass along this information to them, we're also developing some strategies to find ways that we can connect people who at least have a phone but maybe don't have Internet access. We're working on that as well. So if you can continue to pass that information to them, uh, we'd be very grateful for you doing that and helping us. We want you to know we're praying for you and that we're here for you, even though now because of the stay-at-home order here in Springfield, our church offices will be closed physically. Uh, We're still open for ministry. You can call the church, 833-4111, leave a message on our answer machine. We'll return those calls as quickly as we can. Uh, The simplest way to reach us is through our website, nhbc at nationalheights.org. And we'll be able to communicate uh, with you uh, that way. You're always welcome to call me or your family deacon as well. We want to continue our ministry to you and to your family in every way possible. Let me pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time that we could gather for worship. And even though physically we're not able to do that at this particular moment, We're still gathering together in our spirit, and and we know that you are everywhere we are, and for that we give you praise. I I lift up those who are listening to this service, who are watching this service, that that you'll just bless them and their family, that this will be a time that they can relax and refresh themselves in your grace, in your love, and in your power. We thank you that you are here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, March and I had the opportunity to go to the Big 12 Championship Tournament up in Kansas City. It was a great experience. We had a a wonderful time. We got to see the Baylor Bears play the Texas Longhorns, and they won. That was really fun. But it it was quite an experience to be in a tournament situation. I'd never been to anything quite like that. Obviously, there were several teams that were playing, but at any given moment, there were only two teams that were playing on the court. And so folks who were there that maybe their team wasn't playing at that particular time, they would choose a team to cheer for. And and usually they would choose the underdog. Everybody loves an underdog. And in this particular case, in this year, Baylor was the underdog. And so most of the crowd was cheering for for Baylor, at least the crowd that wasn't wearing burnt orange. In fact, we sat by a, a couple who were from Kansas. They were there to watch the Jayhawks, but they cheered right along with us and watched the Baylor Bears win. It was a lot of fun. The church at Corinth was a little divided 
in their cheering. Paul writes the letter that we know of as 1 Corinthians to help them through some of those divisions. They were divided over leadership. They were divided over how to practice the Lord's Supper. They were divided over spiritual gifts and much, much more. But Paul reminds them that even though they have some divisions, the thing that unites them was far greater than all of those things that divided them. And so he writes to them something that not only the believers at Corinth, but that all of us as believers need to remember. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, or chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. If ever there was a time that we as believers need to unite together in the thing that binds us, it's now. We are all united in Christ. We need to focus on what unites us. The Corinthian church, as I mentioned, had several divisions. We're going to look at that real quickly in just a moment. But Paul doesn't start there. He doesn't start with the divisions. He starts with the solution. He makes an appeal to some folks that he calls his brothers. Now, it's no accident that repeatedly throughout the Bible, believers are referred to in, in the, the nomenclature of the family. They're, they're called brothers and sisters. We are, in fact, brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all in, we say this a lot, we're all in the family of God. We worship God as our Father. There's a reason that we use those kinds of terms. We have our differences, but we're still family. When we have differences with each other, that's something to remember. You're talking with your brother. Paul describes how we are indeed brothers and sisters in the family of God. And then he mentions the greatest factor of all, the greatest reason why we as believers are united. We're not always united in our preferences. We're not always united in our locations like today. We're at different locations throughout Springfield and Greene County. We're not always united in our language. Around the world, we speak a lot of different languages. We're not united in our economic status and, and many, many other things. But all of those divisions pale in comparison to the one thing that unites all of us. We are, as Paul describes it, brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through the years of being in the ministry, I've worked with a lot of families uh, doing weddings and doing funerals and, and a lot of other different ministries. And, and families sometimes come to be in, in various stages of disunity in their happy times. Uh, they're not always that happy. But, but it's, it, it's astonishing to me that, that during those times of need, particularly during times of when there's been a loss of a loved one, those families come together. And they start realizing something. That your brother and your sister, 
They're going to be your brother and your sister your whole life. You can deny it. You can try to ignore it. But it doesn't change the fact that they're still your brother and sister. And in those times of, especially of hardship, families will often come together and say, you know, we we need to figure out how to make this work. (laughs) We're all part of the same family. And we need to find a way forward together. Certainly makes Thanksgiving dinner go a lot more peacefully, but a lot of other things as well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that's not just the rest of our life. That's for all eternity. A thousand years from now, we are still going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. So it might be a good idea to go ahead right now and focus on that which unites us. Now, we actually have a lot of things that unite us. But the most significant thing that binds us together as believers, it trumps any differences that we might have. We all share the same Savior. Remember that the next time... A fellow believer rubs you the wrong way. Remember that the next time you find yourself in a heated debate with a brother or sister in Christ. Ask yourself, is whatever it is that we are knocking heads about, is that more important than our shared relationship with Jesus? We can and we will have disagreements. We can and we will have divisions. But there are ways as believers to deal with those times of division. Our shared relationship with Christ makes it worth following that better way. Focus on the Savior who unites us, not on what divides us. Paul begins with the solution to all the divisions that the Corinthian church was facing. He says you need to focus on Christ. He then describes some of those things that were causing some of the divisions. But before he gets to that, he gives one overall admonition. Again, it's then verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. I'm sure the Corinthian believers were thinking, is that even possible? And remember, Paul is writing a Corinthian church. They're divided over who their leader is. They're divided over some questions of theology. They're divided over some questions of practice within the church and a lot more. They must have been wondering, how can we bring all of that together? Paul presents an incredible goal. Listen again to the way he phrases this. That all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. That, that phrase that he uses, that you may agree with one another, it literally means that you may say the same thing. We would often say this 
that we would speak with the same voice. Paul knew that the divisions in the church, most significantly, beyond the fact that it was hurting people, beyond the fact that it was creating all kinds of disruption, the main issue was those divisions were hampering their ability to take the message of Jesus to their community. People would not listen to a message of grace coming from a people who were at each other's throats. This was no small thing. They had to find a way to become united about the one thing that mattered, to become united in Jesus. They needed to, as as often is said, they needed to make the main thing the main thing. Too often we as believers, we major on the minors. We, we, we focus on a bunch of stuff that, that a thousand years from now, we're not even going to remember. Now we will have issues. We're going to need to work through those. We're going to have disagreements. We're going to need to work on that. But in doing so, we must never abandon the task. Taking the message of Jesus to a lost and dying world. This was so important that Paul tells the Corinthians something that sounds audacious. It sounds impossible so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Seriously? No divisions? Perfectly united in mind and thought? Where's that church located? I want to go join there. It wasn't in Corinth. They had divisions that made the Grand Canyon look like a little crack. But that was Paul's point. There was a way out of that mess. They didn't have to stay divided. What was the answer? The answer, Paul says, is to focus on what unites, not on what divides. Now, Paul's again going to deal with some very specific issues in this letter. There were some actions that they needed to take to get things back on track. But before he gets to all of that, he gives them a picture of what could be of a church united together in the task of taking the gospel message of Jesus to the city of Corinth and beyond. Usually in April, I'm guessing it's probably not going to happen this year because of what we're going through, but usually in April, 30,000 people travel to Boston to run 24 and a half miles in just over three hours, including the infamous Heartbreak Hill, a climb of about a half a mile. They're running in the Boston Marathon. But to run in the Boston Marathon, you have to have completed another marathon within the previous 18 months, and you have to have a qualifying time of Three hours and five minutes for men, three hours, 35 minutes for women. That means to run the Boston Marathon, you're going to run not one, but at least two marathons. And that doesn't include all the miles that people log getting ready for that. So why in the world would 30,000 people do that every year? To cross the finish line. All of the training, all of the work, all the injuries, all the effort, not to mention running 24 and a half miles. It's worth it to look back and say, 
I ran the Boston Marathon. It's the goal that makes the difference. Sometimes as believers, we take a look at our differences, our struggles, our problems, our issues, and we just have a temptation to just walk away and say, "Ah, I can't deal with this. We won't do that if we see the goal. Not if we realize the significance of what we can accomplish together. We can literally have an eternal impact. What would it be like if a thousand years from now, you're walking the streets of heaven, somebody comes running up to you and taps you on the shoulder and says, I just want you to know something. I'm here in heaven. Because you found a way to get over that little squabble you were having with your brothers and sisters in Christ and take time to tell me about Jesus. My guess is that a thousand years from now when you're talking with that fellow and y'all are hugging and just rejoicing and, and, and just excited about being there in heaven together, you won't even remember what it was that was so important a thousand years ago. All that will matter is that you are there together with Jesus. It is an audacious, seemingly impossible goal. But oh, might it be that we would be united together as brothers and sisters in Christ. During a time like this, when we're forced to physically be separated from each other, one of the things that it's reminding me is how much I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm sitting here right now. We're in an empty auditorium. It's just me and Joshua. But it reminds me, as I look around at these pews, I remember where you guys usually sit. And I remember how much I need you. And I remember how much we can do together. And we've got a difficult time to go through, and I would never begin to minimize some of the issues that our world is facing today. But this is going to pass. God is bigger than all of this. And when we do come back together... I want to remember what, what, what I'm feeling right now of how much I need you. And, and, and what an amazing thing it is that we are united together in Christ. We might like different kinds of music. You may like country western. I may like pop, whatever. That doesn't matter. We, we, we may like different colors. Some, one person may want the wall to be green. One person may want the wall to be White, that doesn't matter. I want to remember what a blessing it is to be a part of a church like National Heights and to be a part of the church of the kingdom of God, united together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Let me pray with you. Gracious Heavenly Father, this sometimes seems like such an impossible goal that that we would be united together and yet that's what you have done. So often we focus on the things that divide us, but Lord, you have given us something so amazing that unites us. We are united in Christ. God, help us focus on that, especially during this time when we're going through a season of of difficulty. Help us to focus on what unites us. And then when we're able to gather back together, Help us to join together as one to take your message to our world. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we did last week, we're not able to offer a physical invitation, but we do want to offer you the opportunity to respond to what God's doing in your life. Maybe you're recognizing, hey, I need this Jesus. What's that all about? We, we want to help you with that. Uh, if you'll just email us here at nhbc at nationalheights.org, we'll be glad to answer your questions. We'll be glad to share scriptures with you that will help you understand how you can know the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ in your life today. You just email us. We'll be glad to Get that information to you. Maybe you have some other questions. How to be a part of National Heights Baptist Church. We can send you some information about that as well. But maybe today you you join with me in in that prayer. Just just saying, God, unite us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And as that day comes when we're able to physically be together again, take us forward, Heavenly Father, in in a, a united together front taking the message of Jesus Christ to our community and to our world. I hope that'll be your prayer with me. Thank you again for joining with us this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. So many of you are being faithful in your giving to the ministries here at National Heights. I know this is a very difficult time for a lot of folks, and and we recognize there's a lot of folks going through not only the, the issues that are facing us with the virus, but some financial constraints as well with a lot of people, their work uh, being forced to stay home and all kinds of stuff like that. So thank you so much for all of you who are being so faithful in your giving. Uh, you can do that on our web page through our, our donate site. Just click on donate there on the page. Or you can mail the checks in to our church here. But just I, I want to say how what a blessing it is for for me to see the faithfulness of God's people. And we appreciate that so much. Thank you for the way that you're helping each other. Uh, So many of you have have called and and sent messages just simply saying, hey, what can I do to help? Many of you have been checking on some of our elderly and some of our folks that that are facing difficult circumstances, and you've been asking them, hey, what what can I do to help you? How can I help? What can I do? Thank you. What a blessing it is to see God working through his people. And I want to say a special word of thanks to our deacons. Uh, They're doing a great job in contacting their deacon families. To our Sunday school and life group leaders who are doing a great job in in contacting their classes. And uh, to all of you who are just staying connected, we we want to do that 
uh, during this time. I want to thank our staff, too. We have an amazing staff here at National Heights. And Joshua and Brian and Michelle are just doing some wonderful things and trying to keep those ministries going and finding ways we can connect with you. Continue to pray for, for our church as we seek to do what God is leading us to do as we continue to take his message to our world. Thank you, and God bless you.